0: Thank you for listening to PowBlock Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Expression Pass here on Watchfish Network. I'm your host, NLATED Sighted ADV. Joining me is Bossman himself, Mr. Corey
0: Derrick. Hello, good sir. I'm here. Hi. Hi. I'm pretty tired, but it's okay. We We got a cool topic to talk about, so I'm excited.
1: We... And we went into this, like, way before we even talked about PowerBlock. Like, when we started texting each other, um, this topic was just, like, it's it's kind of been on my mind this week. Because for one of the company's uh, developers, we thought that a certain other first party, uh... Would buy, would buy so if you guys know, uh, by the time you guys see this, uh, Square Enix has sold off Crystal Dynamics, uh, they sold off Idols Montreal and Square Enix Montreal to uh, The Embracer Group for 300 million dollars, and they acquired their studios and associate IPs with them. And they have up to 50 other titles, like like a whole bunch of games uh, coming with them. So, and the Embracer group is now becoming a kind of visible company, in a sense. Everybody's eyes is now getting on them because we really weren't thinking about them at all. Uh, you know, they own Saber, who also ported The Witcher 3 uh, to Nintendo Switch. And I kind of want to ask Corey, because we did Talk about this on Power Black. If you guys missed the episode, do check it out. It's it's very it was a very great episode, but a very great conversation. And I kind of wanted to ask Corey, what does this say for Nintendo, on Square Enix side, and from the Embracer Group? Um, you know. Uh, uh, where where would you like to start, Corey?
0: Would you like to start on the
1: Square side or the wrestler Group side?
0: I mean, I think we should probably start on the Square side, just because we should probably let our audience know, like, what's being purchased, you know, and and mm-hmm. like where it comes from and why it's a steal. <laughs> I mean, for three hundred million dollars, I think the Tomb Raider IP alone is worth that or more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of. At the beginning of the year, when this was not a Nintendo-related show, but just like an overall type show, we kind of talked about it was more of like a when than an if, if Square was going to sell its Western division, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, with the reports coming out a couple weeks ago that Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy both combined, now I don't know which did worse, but I can probably tell you which one did worse uh lost Square Enix 200 million dollars uh they're not doing very well with Babylon's Fall right which is platinum which we talked about a couple weeks ago
1: did mm-hmm.
0: didn't they haven't shut it down or anything but like they've just have been having like this weird kind of relationship with their western division right we talk about the Tomb Raider reboot selling seven or eight million units and they consider that a failure right where yes. something like You know what was it something i think final fantasy 15 or something sold like 3 million units and it was considered a success or something at the time right and so it's just they've had this really weird relationship with their uh western division and it's always been kind of rough to watch uh and then Crystal Dynamics goes on to make the make the Avengers, which was not great, right? They lost, I think they reported like a $100 million loss on that initially. Yeah. And they haven't really caught up. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is an amazing game. And just no marketing with it, nothing. And then they turn around and, you know, Microsoft paid a pretty penny to put it on Game Pass. And it finally found an audience, which is great. But they lost money on that, uh, you know. They Deus Ex hasn't sold very well, right? They just they've just it, Hitman. Remember when they had IO Interactive? They let IO buy themselves back and take the Hitman franchise, and then it became one of the yes. biggest hits, right? And so, yeah, I just think I think I think Square Enix actually has a pretty clear vision of who they want to be, and this was the chain that was dragging them back, right? Was this Western division? So to speak, right? And so, they bought uh, IDOS Montreal. They bought Square Enix Montreal. They bought Crystal Dynamics, and they what was the fourth studio they bought? They bought a fourth studio. I don't remember who it is right now. <coughs> but uh, and then they also bought a catalog of IP and fifty like fifty IP, I think, which yeah, includes. Plus- it includes Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kain, Gex, and what was the other one that they gave a major shout out to?
1: Uh, Legend of K. I think like Soul Roofer.
0: I yeah, I just said that. Uh oh, that they, they, they've bought some pretty major IP. So, uh, pretty big steal for them. Uh, And we know Embracer Group uh, is pretty open to letting their studios work on what they want. They don't really have high expectations. I think their biggest IP at this point is probably Borderlands uh, because they own Mm -hmm. Gearbox. And we know Gearbox bought the rights back from 2K, I think, or something. They did something with 2K uh, to get the rights back.
1: Which is a weird conversation that. uh Sorry, ready for the side tangent. That Randy Pitchford hasn't said nothing by about Tiny Tina's.
0: Oh, or I mean, anything. I, he's so he's like, he's not really in charge of Gearbox software anymore. He's Gearbox Entertainment is like this big brand now, and it's it's they have separate verticals, right? Because they have mm. they're doing the Borderlands movie, and yes. they're doing a couple other things. And I know he just bought some magic palace or something, uh so he can do magic or whatever. I don't know. He's a weird dude. But um I think that border I think that Gearbox software proper is being run by somebody else. And from from what I've heard, that game is actually way better than Borderlands 3 was. Yes. And which has me intrigued. I actually kinda want to try it out at some point. Uh but yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Austin, Austin. Austin just said he just beat it on PS Five. So,
0: uh, but Square is still publishing uh, certain games that they have second party relationships with, right? Like they're keeping Outriders was one that they mentioned. Uh, they're still going to publish that. They're still going to publish. There's something else that they were going to publish. Uh, so, I'm excited for this because Embracer Group now has has a pretty su- substantial. Library of IP, right? Saints Row, Red Faction, Borderlands, uh, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur is a big one that I like. Tomb mm-hmm. Raider, Deus Ex, Thief. Thief was the other one that they shouted out. Uh, Legacy of Cain, And they like to put these games out wherever they can, right? Like The Switch has actually been pretty, getting a lot of Embracer group things, whether you notice it or not. Because uh, their verticals are Deep Silver... Coke Media, uh, what's what's the other vertical that they have? Pretty big publisher. Uh, Darksiders. Darksiders is another IP that they ha- own that I really like. Um, THQ. Yeah, um, THQ Nordic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, they have a lot. And, uh, you know, they kind of make Microsoft look <laughs> small in terms of acquisitions, right? Because they own – they have, like – when they say 107 studios with something like 10,000 employees or something, a lot of yeah. that's, a lot of that's mobile. A lot of it's kind of divided into different verticals, which is nice. Uh, but they own a lot. And I am excited to see what they do with these IP. We already know new Tomb Raiders in development. Yes. Uh, I can't go,
1: wait to see that on Xbox or series
0: X. I, I really hope that, uh, Idos Montreal uh, kind of talks to Marvel and said, "Hey, we want to make another Guardians of the Galaxy game." Because I I know that that deal was originally made with Square. Yes, but that game was something really special. And if you have Xbox Game Pass or you buy it, like I think it's only thirty dollars or twenty bucks on Amazon right now. It's really cheap. It's one of the best games I played last year. You know, and and yeah, so
1: it it is weird with Guardians because. I, I know the Ventress lost Square Enix a lot of money, but it felt like due to the lack of marketing and due to the lack of interest, regardless of it was the cloud version of Guardians, uh, whether it was on PS5 or Xbox or Xbox One and PS4, it, the gamer interest wasn't there for some reason. And you would think that, as popular as The Guardians of the Galaxy has been, and a lot of Marvel properties, that people will go in expecting it. But I, but a lot, of, a lot of the reason that a lot of people say that that gang got hurt was because of Marvel's Avengers, in a sense. Mm. And it, and it's just like, cause I, cause I feel like. Out of the west, out of their western division, Crystal Dynamics was the strongest. They really produced. Of, of course, we mean we, you've been talking about Tomb Raider, but those guys are great across the board. So, like, w- so what happened? You know, in a sense, and I, I, kind of wonder well, if some of those guys do touch the, to, do touch the switch, does that go? Does that go? Does that throw mud in Square Enix's
0: face in mm. a sense? I mean, I I guess it could, but also like, I I don't know. I just I feel like Square is just done trying to cater to Western audiences. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think they want to make RPGs. I think they want to cater to you know because another rumor is that now that they've offloaded their Western division, they're more appealing to purchase from Jap- Japanese companies are more like Sony I think they're eyeing Sony to purchase them right I really think so and uh which would kind of not be great for switch owners right because of Braille default and octopath and yeah uh, Tokyo RPG factories games like those games are all really important to the switch ecosystem uh but also like Sony is letting Bungie kind of uh operate outside of the PlayStation uh ecosystem right so maybe they yeah. would do something similar although maybe maybe they'll work out a deal where like hey your AAA rpgs are playstation focused but if you want to keep making you know your uh i am satsunas and your triangle strategies and bravely defaults you can publish them on nintendo also right so um i don't know there's a, there's a lot to work out there but i think I think uh, since we're kind of just talking about the Western Division, I think they're better off with the Embracer Group overall. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because,
1: which I I probably want to put another thought into your mind and get your opinion about it. Uh,
0: But go ahead, I wait till you done. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think that this opens them up. It's it's almost like a Game Pass situation where like. They will get a budget, and they won't have to worry about it because Embracer Group's mobile games and other games are making them money, yeah. you know, and they can kind of siphon them into these different verticals and give them budgets and say, hey, okay, so Tomb Raider's a major IP. Here's $250 million. Make the best AAA game you can make. Uh, you know, oh, you want to make a new Thief game? You know, here's... You know, a hundred million dollars, right? And and you can go do that. I think this is good uh, overall for those studios. I know some people are are concerned that the that Embracer Group is kind of a you know European centric Microsoft in a sense, where they're just buying up everything that they can get a hold of and you know monopolizing or whatever. But I I think for the Western division of of Square Enix, this is good. This is a good buy. They stole these studios, dude. Oh like, yes. 300 million dollars is the budget of one AAA game.
1: What that that was the thing about it cuz they cuz Square somehow repeated said that they lost 300 million. So them getting 300 million in cash and debt free, you know, like straight cash, it's just like so you pretty much got your money back or your expectations or something. It is it felt like if you look at it logically, just through the context of the words, that you guys just really did the exchange, in a sense. You lost 300 got 300 back, you really didn't gain anything, but Embracer gained, like, these companies and their, and their IPs. You know, and so now Embracer, because what I was going to ask you, I don't know if I wanted to say it to the end, but what if Embracer buys WB Games?
0: Oh, you're on mute. Why am I on mute? Why was I on mute? I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh I mean it's a possibility, but I feel like I feel like Square is a different type of company because WB is so North American centric. Yes. Um and I think, I think WB wants to be more like what Disney is doing, right? Sell off your studios mm-hmm. and just license IP out to all these different companies, right? I think that's really what they want to do, and uh, which Disney was smart to do that. I mean, we're getting a bunch of cool Marvel and, and Star Wars projects. Uh, yes. They just announced that Disney Dream Valley or whatever, that free-to-play kind of Animal Crossing-like game. Mm-hmm. Um so, I think what happens with WB, I don't know. I I feel like you would have to sell some IP with with these studios, right? You can't sell another realm without Mortal Kombat, right? Oh, of you course. Can't. Like you you can't do that.
1: But but just think of that being a powerhouse of a third. Like that that becomes a major third party if they just acquire the general and all of their all of their uh developers like mm-hmm that will that will open up an eye to a lot of people to be like, okay, now Embracer Group, we're now paying attention.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't disagree with you. I think you know, I think that I I I feel like there would be some sort of legal thing involved at that point. You know, I I know mm-hmm. I know Embracer Group and Coke media media are into other things I know they invest heavily in uh movie studios and television and other they have a lot of verticals but I mean yeah so does Microsoft right so uh I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with WB if that those rumors are even true um but I feel like that would go to someone like Microsoft or Sony at that point um because those studios are valuable, right? Rocksteady is super valuable. Oh, yes. NetherRealm was super yes. valuable. Uh, even WB Montreal is is showing them to be pretty valuable, right, with this Gotham Knights looks awesome. Avalanche is pretty a uh, pretty great studio, right? They know how to do licensed games really well. I mean, we saw that with Cars. We saw that with Disney Infinity. We're seeing that with Harry Potter. So they could potentially be pretty valuable in a different way. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, overall, I think the this, this Square sale is, is really good for Crystal Dynamics in particular. Well,
1: yeah, because I know when we were talking about talking about it on Block, we were like, we definitely were talking about now there's a possibility of getting ports of those studios games onto Switch. And maybe it is a download. um, Maybe it's not you know, no more cloud or anything, because, like you said, Tomb Raider and Rise of Tomb Raider are 360 games, so they Mm -hmm. could port that, and they could port that, if they was able to port down The Witcher 3 from Saber, I think they could still port down 3, uh, uh, and still be an amazing game, and still, you know, because it's just, (laughs) I'm excited for this, And the reason why i'm excited for this uh for nintendo itself is because now there is a chance that those third-party games are going to get support and the marketing for that support is going to be given also to those studios because people will pay attention people will be like you know what I want, I'm interested to see how it runs, and every time people say they're interested to see how stuff runs, that means good sales for those companies, along with Nintendo. They I mean, did it with ne-
0: not necessarily. I mean, there's I'm, been a, there's been games where people are like, oh, I want to see how it runs. Oh, it runs decently. Well, it doesn't even hit a million, right? And so people are like, mm-hmm. oh, well, okay. Well, at least they tried, you know. And and that's right. what... like. I think I think Embracer Group is gonna try to port some older games, right? For sure, yeah. To the Switch, I I have no doubt about that. Like, uh, I think one or even both of the Deus Ex games will come. I think at least the first two Tomb Raiders might make it over, or even like the trilogy before, right? Like a uh, Legend Anniversary and Underworld. Um, yes, I could see those. I could see them kind of doing like a Legacy of Kane remastered type thing because um, they like to remaster those games and put them out right. uh, we saw that with saints row and red faction
1: yes and i think even, I, uh, even if those games don't sell big on switch i think there is going to still be some marketing i think there is going to be people will be like okay i might have not bought that at 60 or 50 dollars but it's on sale for 30 and they, they offer me some good coins if I buy them through the eShop, Fine, or Best Buy or Target—they got a good sale. I'ma snag these up because I think what will probably happen is is that people are gonna snag these guys if there are fi- actual physical copies on the cartridge, not a physical box with a <laughs> with a uh, code inside. I I think they're I think much uh embrace the embracer group and their developers are gonna pay attention to be like oh you. You guys are supporting these games. It, it may bring questions to be like, "Where happened to the support on the other consoles? Why are you guys supporting it on here?" But they may not even say nothing. They may just actually literally celebrate that, "Hey, our game sold maybe five hundred thousand copies on Switch or twenty thousand yeah. copies." I, and, I think and, that's.
0: And, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like their expectations are way lower. You know, yes. not that they're not unfair. Right. I mean, I, they, I'm mm-hmm. sure they'd be thrilled if like they Tomb Raider came out and sold 10 million copies and, you know, Tomb, the Tomb Raider Four, or whatever they're calling this next one. Right. They wanted to come out and sell 10, 12 million copies. They'd be thrilled. Right. But like, yes. these remasters and stuff, I I can't imagine that. Red fact Red Faction Guerrilla. The remaster sold more than like two million copies across all platforms, right? Like that game is. I know people like older games, and I know they like to see them when they're remastered. But like, come on, you know, Kingdoms of Amalur. I bet that game didn't even sell a million units when it got remastered. You know, come on, right? Uh, so we'll we'll see. But I like I'm kind of thinking about Embracer's lineup. They have a great kind of they have a great mix of IP right now. Yes. You know, uh a lot of big IP. Borderlands and Tomb Raider are probably their biggest IP now. I would say, right? I, I would mm-hmm. that's probably easy to say. Yeah. Uh and then, you know, Darksiders I think is one that is just I wish they would do something more with that. Uh, I know Darksiders three was like pretty mediocre. I enjoyed what I played, but I know that it wasn't, like, a great game or anything. Uh, I wish they would do more with Darksiders, because I, I think if they, I don't know, I feel like that game would be really cool if they put, like, a big budget behind it.
1: Yeah, because, like, that Dark Darksider Genesis didn't really, it, it was interesting, and I could, that's all I could leave it right there. <laughs> it I do appreciate really, that each game
0: tries to do something different. Yes. But I also think that really hurts the series um, because people don't know what to expect going into the next one, you know?
1: Right. The story's kind of confusing at this time because it's like...
0: (laughs) Well, they all take place at the same time except for Genesis. Genesis is a prequel, but then, like, 2 and 3 take place literally during 1, and it's like, well, this is what, like, 1 kind of bookends 2 and 3, right? Like, the beginning of 1 and then the second half of one bookend what, because you know, uh war kind of gets captured or imprisoned. Right. Yeah. And then two and three are about what happens while war is imprisoned. And then the end of one is about him kind of becoming unimprisoned or whatever. I kind of forget the story, but you know, that's how it kind of goes. And it's like, well, it's a neat concept. It's a neat idea. But like, I really, I kind of want, like a. I, Big A budget reboot of Darksiders, to be honest. Make it like a huge action RPG almost. Yeah. Maybe I just have action RPG on the mind because I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> uh, That's just me. I, yeah.
1: Well, I, I think for the square side, definitely with Nintendo, you know, we got Chrono Cross. Um, we got Live Alive. We got... Um, Dragon Quest 2D HD and I guess some of their smaller uh, you know like Triangle Strategy and Octopath Traveler, Traveler. like these new IPs and some of their smaller games, like I am Setsuna, OniNaki and, and stuff hidden Switch that, you know I'm not saying it's their bread and butter but it's been doing great for Square and it's been doing great for Nintendo and the role playing uh, community uh, and it's, it's, it's I think it's to, to me, it feels like they don't put no pressure or they don't put no uh, expectancy on those games. Mm-hmm. Where it felt like with the West developed games, that there was always some kind of expectancy to it. I'm like, but why? It, it kind of felt unbalanced in a sense, you know? Um, because there was none for Kingdom Hearts 3. There was none for Final Fantasy XV. Um, there was none for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it's kind of weird. Just like why is all why is the West developed games has this high expectancy, and not their not their like major games or interesting RPG games. Mm-hmm. <coughs> like, like even Sleeping Dogs. I'm like, how did y'all expect that to sell a lot, even though it did very well and it sold a lot, and you guys were
0: disappointed. But did like, who developed Sleeping Dogs? That was uh, United Front, right? Yes. And then they closed after that.
1: Yes, but Embracer Group now it owns
0: uh Sleeping Dogs. I was mean, serious? that's another IP that they could totally utilize, right? I mean,
1: and everybody wants it. Because Sleeping Dogs was so good. Ooh, please let them I mean, bring Sleeping Dogs to Switch. I will buy it in a, in a heartbeat.
0: I think, I mean, I'm I'm not as hot on Sleeping Dogs as a lot of other people are. Uh, I, do you know what? I think I'm hot on it because it's a better
1: open world than a certain other game. And it's a better story. Like, I, I think I was, I, the story was really great in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, no, I didn't. I wasn't saying anything. I was just kind of... I'm looking at these cool new skins in, in Fortnite I just bought because <laughs> I'm apparently going to start playing Fortnite now because they have cool skins. Oh. So, well, I bought the I bought the Gears ones, I bought the Master Chief one, I bought the Scarlet Witch one, and I bought the Rey one from Star Wars. So, whoops. Hmm. <laughs> I so
1: know they're going to be like, of you're supposed to be podcasting it. I know. Like,
0: you know. I'm sorry. The skins just look really cool. I love... So, side tangent about Fortnite. I don't really care to play the game, but I really appreciate their ability to take all these different IP, mm-hmm. right, These and, and make them kind of look like they fit in the same universe, right? Kind of like... It's kind of like Disney Infinity for bigger kids i guess (laughs) yeah i was gonna say for adults but (laughs) it's for children uh (laughs) but yeah i really i i really like the designs of the characters and i'm like man like i wish i was good at the game because it's a good thing i'm not into this game because i i would i would be so poor especially with like the marvel stuff and the star wars stuff like man anyways is the is the, Battle Royale smash? I mean, kind of it is, kind of. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, <laughs> so
1: yes, uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen because at this point in time, people are excited for the purchase, the acquisition, and they're kind of laughing at Square, um, because one of the reasons that you know Square is kind of like changing their business plan in the sense they're now into like NFTs and blockchain and they're kind of moving into that front uh, even though it's been reported that NFTs are, are down 80% like it's losing a lot of interest um, and it's not selling very well to a lot of people like um, and definitely gamers I, I don't know who has bought an NFT or anything but mm-hmm. it's like people are celebrating that hopefully this thing comes to a death in a sense mm-hmm. Um and to see Square wanted to move into that because even Sega wanted to move into that and they backed away from it. Konami I guess did something and they got ridiculed for that but Konami is still you know it's that uh Square Enix uh said that in addition the trans the transaction enables the launch of new business by moving forward with investments in fields such as blockchain AI and the cloud um and we kind of understand you know Kingdom Hearts for switch on cloud and hitman on cloud didn't really knock it out the park Um, now, what AI is kind of interesting, because I wonder what they're talking about with that.
0: I mean, it's just, it's just investor speak to me. Like, it's just like, oh, well, we want you to invest, uh, please, we're gonna throw all these buzzwords out and marketing terms, and we hope you give us money. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me, you know, so... Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they sold for this amount of money because that's how much money they lost for uh that's how much money they lost with Avengers and I guess Guardians
1: Well, definitely with those being being licensed, licensed games and I know we talked about that you know, Crystal Dynamics being brought by Microsoft um because I think they're, they're still working on... With the initiative
0: oh, to yeah. do well, Perfect Dark. Yeah, I mean, Crystal Dynamics is making Perfect Dark. So I'm, they said that that contract is still in place. Yes. So.
1: Um, I really wonder... So I'm assuming next year we'll probably see that game. Yeah. Like, for, for release-wise. um, And then we'll probably see... Unreal Engine Five for Tomb Raider. Uh and hopefully I kind of hopefully the Embracer Group really have their companies do some kind of new IP or something for Nintendo Switch. Um, because the system is still selling and people are still having interest in games coming to that platform. Um what what do you think Um mm, i mean i
0: really don't, i really don't know what to think to be honest i have i have too many thoughts on like square and embracer and these companies and all this you know i mean
1: Well, I think the the biggest, like, I think if we talk about news at the end of the
0: year, what's been the biggest news,
1: it's all going to be about acquisitions. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, the acquisitions are, like, the big, it's going to, It that is the big news. Because, like, with, it's weird because, like, I, I'm not an economist. I don't really know how money works. But apparently, from what I've heard, money i and i don't know how this works because i'm i'm dumb right but like apparently money is cheaper right now than it ever has been so it's good to spend the money now because it's gonna make your whatever you purchase more valuable when the market goes back up
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um so everybody's trying to buy everything they can before the market goes back up right and i think that's why we're seeing all these acquisitions um
1: yeah, I was. Uh, I actually was written that uh, Nintendo made uh, is now making or is up to one point eight billion dollars in in revenue just on mobile games, and most of that came from Fire uh, Emblem mm-hmm. Heroes. Yeah. So you know, if Nintendo is making tons of money, they're holding on kind of to almost every dollar that they can. Uh, until this time for them, they feel like they need to invest in buying a company yeah. or something like that, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Because I think when we talk about these acquisitions and everything, it's going to be like, what is going to... We, we're going to all want to see what the product is. And for right now, for a lot of this, we probably won't see nothing until next year or two years from now. You know, because what happens when the western division being go for square enix how are how is square enix going to look with just only all of these japanese games on these platforms you know uh after Forsaken second comes uh for not for second spoken comes out uh-huh. you know how is going to look when final fantasy 16 finally comes out you know of course they have final fantasy 14 make them the money but how is square going to look After everything, you know, after all, just their east, their big eastern games come out. Because are are they going to be still using Unreal Engine five, or are they going to be switching their whole in their whole games to their own Luminous Engine?
0: Um. Well, I think, I think they're moving most of their games to Unreal. I think that seems to be the consensus, right? For Spoken's on Unreal. Final Fantasy Sixteen's on Unreal. I don't know any game that is running on Luminous Engine anymore, except for maybe Final Fantasy Fourteen.
1: I thought for, I thought for,
0: speak for uh, Spoken was. Hold on, let me check. I I thought originally it was, but then. But did they switch it? Maybe it was I know King... Kingdom Hearts. I know Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts
1: Three was okay. switched to no, Unreal Engine Five. you're right.
0: For Spoken. For Spoken is on. Luminous. I must have been thinking about Kingdom Hearts because I know Kingdom Hearts 3 and 4 are running on Unreal.
1: Yes. Yeah, because they did switch it to Unreal Engine 5. I mean, Unreal Engine 4. For Kingdom Hearts 3. And now they're doing it for
0: 5. I tried to mute myself and I wouldn't mute, so I had to hold it in. Uh, Because now uh, I wonder.
1: Final, Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. I wonder if that's gonna be on Unreal.
0: It is on Unreal. Final Fantasy 7 and and 16 are both on Unreal, Unreal. I just looked it up. According to a quick Google search. Okay. So yeah. Uh anyways, good times. Uh that so <laughs> it's funny though, because like the reason the only reason at this point why i would get a playstation 5 would be for these square games right i mean Mm -hmm. they're the games that are holding my interest not that like horizon and god of war aren't but like i really want to play so i've i know i've been on this multiple shows saying how much i don't really care for final fantasy 7 the original but Final Fantasy VII Remake looks so good and so fun. And Final Fantasy sixteen looks fun. And Forspoken looks kind of weird and wacky and fun. And I think that main character is kind of cool. And, yes. Uh, you know, it's those games that have me interested in PlayStation at this point. Uh, you know, and, and I just... Square seems like a company they seem like Capcom was like 10 years ago, right? Remember when Capcom mm-hmm. was like real down and people were like is Capcom going to exist in 5 years and then they came out with you know Resident Evil 7, Monster Hunter World, then Resident Evil 2 remake and Street Fighter 5, right? Like Yeah. That was around the time like Street Fighter 5 was like the okay, the game is good, but they're really like what are they doing? And then they came out with a bunch of bangers mega man 11 uh yes and now capcom is like one of the best studios japanese studios right
1: now it's back to being known like they were in the nes super Mm -hmm. nes days yeah
0: that's what i'm I'm saying and like i squares kind of like not that they were they're that low but i feel like they're just now on their way back up kind of figuring out who they are again yes and making i they want to do what they are best at and that is big triple a rpgs and then these like kind of double a experiences on switch that is what square is good at that's what they've always been good at mm-hmm. and i think they're just trying to shed the weight that is holding them back essentially right like it's kind of surprising that they're still publishing outriders or whatever the sequel is or if they're going to apparently Outriders did good enough to warrant some DLC or something I like Outriders, I ended up buying it, even though it's on Game Pass but I really, I love Outriders, it's an awesome game
1: I was thinking of, uh, I'm probably going to end up installing it um cause I just installed Ukulele cause I want to finish that and I think I'm, like once I finish it, I think I'm going to take it off and switch it to Outriders cause I do want to finish that game mm-hmm. um
0: yeah. And so <laughs> it's just like I just I wonder if we're hitting that point with with Square where like I wonder if they sold this half to Embracer so they could be purchased by Sony. That's my that's my thought.
1: I feel like I feel like why do I I kind of feel like that Square. Is Sony just wouldn't have a place together.
0: There's what are you talking of... about? They've had a, they've been in bed together since the PlayStation One. What are you talking I, I about? Mean, I every mean, Final Fantasy game, every kind of on
1: like... because of the N sixty four. I, I know, I, I, I just regret that whole story. I'm gonna but slap I, you. I, I, <laughs> I guess I feel, I guess I feel like with the way, direction that Sony wants to go, and they're talking about single player experiences and all of this stuff. Um, and Sony not really having a RPG kind of development company side to them. I, I just don't... I think there's something about Sony and Square that I'm just like... I I, I don't know. There's something off about it to me. And it, be, and it may be because of them putting these big games on Sony's platform. But once they came back to Nintendo putting games on their platform, more talk of Square has been connected back to Nintendo than it has to some. I mean,
0: I, I think it just depends on... I think it's a game-by-game game basis. I think Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII and Kingdom Hearts and uh, Forspoken are all in the mindsets of people who primarily play on PlayStation and Xbox because it's in the PlayStation conversation because they're getting those games and it's in the Xbox conversation because they're wondering when the time exclusivity is going to be up, you know? Yeah. but then, and then, well, to my point was like, Nintendo fans are excited because they're getting those classic square kind of RPGs, right. With Octopath and this, uh, not final fantasy tactics game that I always forget the name of. And, Dragon Quest is, you know, Dragon Quest is a big deal for Nintendo, right? Like that's kind of seems to where Dragon Quest found a home is Nintendo primarily. You know, I mean, we talked about how uh yeah, it went to uh PlayStation first, but the Switch version got the quote unquote definitive edition and the 2D edition that only came to 3DS in the in Japan and yeah. uh you know, I think that I I think that Square just is trying to make I think they're splitting the audience because they have to and I think Square they're not in trouble but I think they're making financial decisions based on uh like they're they're making a strategy based on their financial situation is what I'm kind of getting at and Mm -hmm. they can afford to make these smaller experiences in the thing is, is like Sony's paying for their exclusivity, right? But Nintendo's yeah. also paying for this exclusivity. Because Nintendo is publishing all these games in the West. They published Octopath Traveler. You look at the Switch binding, Nintendo published Octopath Traveler. They yeah. published Bready Default. So like, yeah, Square has a publishing arm, but they're still making publishing deals with these companies, and it's like well, what are you doing? You know, like, are you in trouble? Because that tells me that they're in trouble. Or like they are, they don't feel comfortable enough financially to publish these games themselves and hope that people buy them on the platforms.
1: Well, right, because like Final Fantasy 7 remake, that was all square. I think Sony just got the exclusive.
0: Yeah, they paid for that, though.
1: But they didn't. They didn't pub. They didn't publish it. Like no. Nintendo but they dead.
0: my I, I didn't mean Sony was publishing these Final Fantasy games. My point mm. was that Sony is paying for these exclusivity, which is helping yes. fund these games. Yes, was my point. Right. So, yeah, Sony could say say Final Fantasy Seven remakes budget was two hundred million dollars, and Sony paid seventy five million dollars for the exclusivity. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big chunk of the game you just paid for that you don't have to worry about funding yourself, right? Yes. Um, so not th- those aren't real numbers. I was just using that as like a, it's a yeah x to y conversation. Uh,
1: and I think when I think looking at your example and the reason why I said it that way um, is because like if Nintendo's paying for their exclusivity and doing the publishing and Sony's doing exclusive and not not doing the publishing Mm -hmm. it kind of tells just like it kind of feels like I I don't know, is Nintendo working harder or is Nintendo just like from a business standpoint that hey, we definitely love what you guys are doing and we want to keep it onto our system you know, if it comes with a time exclusive because of the time that we we missed when, during that PS1, PS2 era, we want to make sure that if you bring a game to our system, that it benefits us both. Mm-hmm. Where, where Sony would just feel like, well, we got the most recognizable names. You know, we got Final Fantasy. That's one of the biggest titles in any JRPG at all. That'll come up in any conversation. And you know, you only could really get that experience on our console. Nintendo, you lost that after the N64 era. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think Nintendo's been fighting for a good relationship with Square ever since then and like I feel like yeah, we got a couple titles on the GameCube and the Wii, right? We really didn't get anything on the Wii U from Square. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of that was on the 3DS and so I think I think Nintendo has, has been slowly rebuilding that relationship. And obviously we've had leadership changes a couple times since then and you know, it's it's been better, but also like, I think, I think Nintendo platforms are just better for these types of games as opposed to people who own a PlayStation Five want to see the power of that console, and this is where your AAA games are going to live. And I think, I think, I think, aside from these companies paying for that exclusivity or timed exclusivity or whatever. Uh, Square's making these decisions and you know if we make smaller games and sell X amount it's technically more profitable than if we sold X amount of this AAA title and you know people like these smaller experiences on a uh, handheld or mobile device so we're going to make these for Switch so we can fund these bigger projects for this bigger console you know what I mean
1: yeah we, we often kind of had this talk about about that, um, in a sense, I'm not saying with the, with selling the small games in front of the big games. I was kind of talking to him to just be like, I always wonder when it, with, not a like the series X or PlayStation 5, but I wonder is, is this big experience that they, in these big stories that they want to tell and all of this funding, is this going more into the cutscenes, or is this really going into the gameplay ideas? Compared to where it feels like when the smarter games come out for Nintendo, you know, it's more of the gameplay and uh, sometimes just creative moments and the dialogue with the stories and stuff. You know, it, it, it's kind of, it feels so weird with Square and some of the other third party that it's just like these big consoles, they're good for flashy. Cutscenes and cinematics, but nothing else when it comes to the gameplay. But with Nintendo, it is like kind of like gameplay and story, you know. And if we do see a cool cutscene cinematic, we'll point it out and talk about that, you know. It's kind of like a more of a combination on Nintendo than the other platforms. Yeah, because 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 I just feel like. Your 200 million budget, it, it feels like most of that is on the cutscenes than it is on the gameplay or anything. Well, probably the graphics and the world building, and you know, all of these teams coming in to develop the game. But I think that's why when I see stuff like a trader for E3 or a trailer for this big game or state of play or whatever, that I'm like, when I see more cutscene stuff, I feel like this is where most of your budget went than it is to the actual what I'm going to be experienced when I'm actually playing your game. Cause you can, cause I could say the same thing for Xenoblade Chronicles Three, but they at least kind of made a balance of, okay, our game may be $60 million in budget. Um, but you see the animation, you see the voice acting and stuff, but here is the gameplay we feel. So yeah. we kind of balance everything. In a
0: yeah. Sense. Yeah, I mean... I... I agree, but I... Man, I... I don't know where to go from here. I just... I think that I feel like I'm talking in circles again at this point. Uh, but Square has Square I think Square's looking to be purchased. They're not gonna come mm-hmm. out and say it. This sale to Embracer was to you know un you know un, uh, undo like I, I don't know. I think I think them not having the Western arm makes them more appealing because they will be cheaper, but they'll still, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah, they will be cheaper to purchase without the Western Division. And they sold them for this amount of money because it's the amount of money that they lost on Avengers and uh Guardians and the Marvel deal. And this is how they make it up. And now, now they're quote unquote profitable with these games because they sold the studios and That makes them look good. It puts them back in the black. They no longer have to pay, you know, salaries and and insurance and all these other things for these uh, companies. And, you know, so that takes a lot of money off their books, too. And it it makes them more appealing to purchase.
1: And, And I will say, if Sony does buy them, Sony is bringing that money they're not planning a round they're not gonna be be like oh no it's gonna be a Bungie,
0: it's gonna be a Bungie deal it's gonna be billions right I oh mean, yeah it's
1: gonna be it's gonna be
0: billions Final, but Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest alone are worth that
1: I'm, I'm thinking 45 billion
0: no it's not gonna be that much it's gonna be to it's gonna be a er, Enix it's gonna be about it's gonna be about like Bethesda I think it's gonna be about six or seven
1: now I would be shocked if it's because
0: it's gonna, sort- it, no it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be like a bethesda deal i think uh square's not that big of a company
1: but with all that ip though that's that's what but that's the that's thing what they
0: I don't have a lot of i mean they do have a lot of ip but i mm-hmm. mean in terms of like valuable ip they really only have like what final fantasy and dragon quest like those are yes. the i mean when you think of Square Enix, you think of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. You don't really think of anything else. Well, Chrono uh,
1: Trigger, but they haven't did nothing really with that.
0: Yeah, but what? That was like 30 years ago. Nobody... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? like
1: A, a series that, that's been a continuation throughout the video game consoles Yeah. definitely will be Final Fantasy and uh, Dragon Quest. Yeah.
0: You know? Nier. Nier is another game that they own. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I'm just looking at a list of their IP Val, uh, I wonder, Valkyrie Valkyrie profile, I, I guess. Yeah, because that started off Sony's uh
1: console. Yeah. Uh
0: I think PlayStation One started Star it on Star Ocean. Star Ocean is very hmm. I I'm just looking so oh oh yeah, Kingdom Hearts, duh. Yeah. Uh, I mean they they have they have valuable IP but like I mean I named off five like Bethesda has Doom, Wolfenstein uh Fallout Fallout, Elder Scrolls uh and what? Right? So to me this is this is equivalent to the Bethesda deal if they were mm-hmm. to be purchased.
1: But I th- I just thought 45 billion is because of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy mm-hmm. be a higher tier. Definitely when it comes to Japan itself. I'm yeah. I would be shocked. That's why I feel like like the eight or ten million dollar I think just that just
0: feels low mm. for some
1: reason. And I think it's yeah, just but they just of... they
0: just sold like three of their biggest studios for three hundred million dollars. That's that's my thing. Is like okay, I get I get why they did it that low, but, but... also like you know, I, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest are big, no doubt. But in yes. Kingdom Hearts, huge, right? Yes. But Square is not a big studio. Like Bungie is bigger than Square Enix.
1: Which I would be shocked because I thought Square, SquareSoft, and Enix, because they used to be both, used to be big companies, coming together will form a bigger company. Uh, but that's where that's early 2000 when they merge together so
0: okay so square square enix is about a third the size of ubisoft in they, japan alone. they have they have about five thousand employees
1: okay. okay i really thought it was bigger uh-uh. for some reason i mean that that's a really
0: big number don't get me wrong yeah. uh and Bungie has about eight million, and they sold for three point six million billion, not million billion. So that this this, I I'm telling you, it's going to be between six and eight billion dollars for Square. Uh, roughly <laughs> about be, what they're worth, I think. I would be shocked
1: if it's that if, if Sony if they agree to that that that. that, that
0: also because Sony doesn't have that much money on hand right they had to take out a loan to which purchase is, Bungie
1: which is a shot, because I'm just like hold on wait a minute you guys sold all of those PS4s what happened to that money
0: it, yeah but they only made like they didn't even make $10 per console for the first year or two.
1: Oh yes they all took a loss yes and plus, that PS Four was the only thing holding Sony up, because they weren't in the black in a while.
0: Because Sony, they own, cause... Sony as a whole, the whole company is only, only, worth one hundred thirty-five billion dollars in net worth. So they're not going to spend half of their net worth on a game, video game company. They're just not. They're not. <sighs> Because they have but too Square... many other divisions, right? They have their mm-hmm. movie division. They have their music, their division, music, TV, t- uh, you know, TV shows, TV units, like their electronics. stuff. Yeah. like they have too many verticals to be spending that kind of money on Square. It's going to be less than ten million. I'm telling you, ten billion. Sorry,
1: that's that's so shocking. Because Square Enix is kind of like, it it may just be me. But I feel like Square Enix is kind of like the biggest third-party company in Japan. I mean, so that's why I was
0: just—I I think uh, that's why I, I was would argue. Ba- that I would argue. I would argue IP. Bandai Namco is bigger than them.
1: Oh yeah, now they are because Namco, uh, before Bandai brought them, were. Namco was, was producing a lot of games. Licensed games and great original games. But I kind of felt like, you know, their bread and butter was Tekken and, and uh, Soul Calibur because in, in not Virtual Calibur. Highlight uh, Square
0: is about six times bigger than Bandai Namco in terms of employee count. There's only 710 employees that work for Bandai Namco what whoops (laughs) how are they making all of these games i mean a lot of their stuff is i mean a lot of their stuff is outsourced right and like Mm -hmm. you think of like the smash team you think of super smash brothers that team's only about 70 people you know plus nintendo is helping you know yes and all the dark souls and games are made from fromsoft which isn't part of bandai namco Right, so because they just you have, only published the game, and you have companies like Hamster and 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 stuff working on the arcade games. So like those are all outsourced. So I mean, what do you what do you have seven hundred and ten employees for all the all the anime, sh- uh, show, sh- Shonen Jump stuff?
1: Yeah, but I thought I thought, I really thought that Bandai Neko would be big, but because Bandai is more of was more of an anime. And uh, like TV and film kind of company, because definitely, you know, they have Power Rangers and like you said, Shonen Jump. Like mm-hmm. they had all of, they got all of that stuff. You would think that with them merging with Nemco, they would be in maybe fifteen hundred. Like they would grow the business and stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, um, if you're running efficiently and you you put out what you have, it's not like you don't need to grow. You just need to grow financially. You don't need to grow in terms of Mm. personnel if they're working well, you know, you don't want more employees. You want less employees and sell more. That's, that's how you make your money.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, you would think that when the less uh, people
0: you have to pay, the more money you make.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, that is, that is true. I I, I just thought that with the merge of Bandai with Namco, that they would be bigger. cuz Koei Tecmo is probably not even that big neither there.
0: I mean, I doubt it. Cuz well, Tecmo Omega wasn't Force is probably their biggest studio, right? I think so, yeah.
1: Cuz Tecmo wasn't really wasn't the, that big. They they weren't even that big in the 80s and 90s when Ninja Gaiden was out and Tecmo Bowl was out. Like they they were they were putting out great games. Uh but they weren't a big company. And stuff. And I think they didn't even get I think they probably if they did got get big, it probably wasn't to the PS two era or maybe uh dead or alive era.
0: Koei Tecmo has almost two thousand employees. Oh dang. <laughs> so wrong again, Ed. Sorry. <laughs> Well,
1: well, that's why I said. I, I thought they would have. I thought they would have less because Co- Tecmo because Techmo was like I said, back in the eighties and nineties, Tecmo was small. Oh, I know.
0: Every, you know? Com- every company was small. Back then. Oh yeah. So,
1: but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't think that now they would have a number like that because they're like, how was kobe Techmo? I, I don't know.
0: We're we're no. way off topic though. So. Oh. This
1: is Special Pass. So we're not re on topic. I know. But. So but I like I said, I am happy for this uh acquisition. I hope they do bring games to Switch. I, I'm excited to see what goes for what goes forth. Um I think we're gonna be paying attention to the Embracer group and hey, maybe some we see some of their games in the Nintendo Direct.
0: I think you should be paying attention to Embracer Group anyway. I mean, they they've yeah. been around for a while. I think if you aren't paying attention now, you should be um and if you have I think I think they're going to surprise some people in the coming years. So,
1: yeah. I agree. Um th- with this acquisition of their uh, Square Enix Western de- uh, development uh yeah, they 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 now become on our radar, uh here, uh, but everybody, that's gonna be it for uh, Nintendo Expansion Pass. We want to hear what you guys think. Like, do you, what? What are your thoughts about the acquisition? What are your thoughts about Square Enix? Thoughts about uh Embracer Group? Uh, what games would you love to see them port or even bring to Nintendo Switch? I re- we really want to hear that. And also, everybody. Uh, if you're not a producer of our show, you really can become one. Corey, how do I co- become a producer?
0: It's been a it's been a long day. Uh, so yeah, remember you can get all of our content free. It's all free. Uh, but if you want early access to expansion pass, as well as the Boss Rush podcast, After Dark, and standard definition you can head on over to patreon.com slash network and you can get all that for a dollar. But if you want to be a Patreon producer, you can hit that $5 tier and you would get your name shouted out on this here podcast. So without further ado, our $5 producer tier patrons are as follows. Quentin Jackson, Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, and my wife, Sama Zurich. So I want to thank all of our Uh, Patrons, uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, We appreciate all of our listeners. Remember, again, all of our content is free, but if you want uh, some of it early and just, you know, perk here or there, you can head on over to Patreon.
1: Yes. Uh, Corey, where can we find you?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, You can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast. Uh, You can find me on Nintendo Power Block. Obviously, and standard definition uh so yeah go to yes.
1: you can find me <laughs> at that pressure code <laughs> on twitter and on uh, instagram uh you can uh, find me hosting the nintendo pod block on uh, nintendo expression pass and other podcasts um uh, you guys can find me on the internet about uh with that everybody have a great week have a great weekend and we'll see you next time on nintendo expression pass bye everybody Goodbye.